said this is a very special day uh, and we're delighted that you are all here. Uh, Recent and Rebecca's friends and family and church members and, and I consider it a real honour uh, to be able to speak today at this ordination service. When I said to Reese that we were going to do this, I said, listen, you're free to invite whoever you want to speak. And I think the other four or five people he asked were busy that day. Uh, <laughs> So I'm delighted uh, to be able to do this here uh, this morning. And um, I suppose we begin uh, really at the beginning here, uh, for this is a continuation of the journey uh, that the two of them are on. And I suppose I can only begin the journey. Um, there was a point in time in this church uh, for the punishment of things I'd done wrong. I was the youth pastor. Uh, <laughs> And uh, when I was a youth pastor, I said there was a young man who came along called Connor McConnell, uh, who had a friend called Reese, who would like to come and join the youth about 10 or 11 years ago. That wasn't bad enough. Uh, Connor and Reese had another friend called Scott. Uh, and the mere mention of those three names together drove me to my knees in prayer. <laughs> Often mentioned. Uh, in the same breath when they were young people, when they were teenagers. If you've ever wondered where the attitude adjuster came from, uh, there are three reasons. <laughs> After a youth weekend away, I remember dropping the young people back to church, and as I waited for their parents, uh, Reese asked if he would talk to me, uh, meeting room one, which is where the kids' space is now. And we'd been away on a youth weekend, and as always, it had been challenging. Uh, God had moved, and uh, when Reese came back, he knew that he had to do something with it. And uh, straight away, I realized that he was a young man uh, that was going to give it everything, give his all. And on that day, in that room there, he gave his heart to Christ and his life to God. As this young man grew up in the church, we noticed that he was a special young man uh, that God had saved and he had a plan for his life. Uh, remember when he finished his A-levels, he had applied for Strambilis to, to go to teaching and he didn't get in and was going to go to Bible college as another avenue in. Remember saying to Reese at that time that, uh, you know, you're not going down the road because you have a plan for your life. I says, you're going down the road of the plan that God has for your life. And that God doesn't have a plan B for our lives. He only has a plan A, the plan that he wants to instill and he wants us to follow. So Reese went off to Bible college and while he was at Bible college, he uh, served in the church on the famous Friday mornings where all the Bible college students would come and work in the church uh, on a Friday morning. I used to keep all those nasty jobs uh, for the Bible college students to teach them something like cleaning the toilets with the fingernails and those sorts of things <laughs> and that. Uh, and so what we did also, that Reese began to do some leading. Uh, the EDGE group that we started back in 2014 experienced to do that. The Young Adults Ministry, uh, when we were going to change direction with it, uh, Reese convinced me to give him a go at uh, leading it and seeing what God does. And he's done a great job with that, not just leading meetings, but taking care of the young adults in our church, guiding them, protecting them, encouraging them, helping them, for that is what a pastor does. And we are coming today and we are recognising that. We are not saying today, Reese, we think you're a pastor, come, we'll pray for you today and we hope you'll fit yourself into that position. Today is a day of recognition. 
We recognize that this young man is a pastor. He looks after people, he cares for people, he shepherds them, he encourages them. And at the end of Bible College, I remember saying to the elders in church, that we're good to bring this young man on board, the team here. Uh, that point was a bit of a challenge, but we thought, well, no, let's go for it. So we brought him on part-time and then full-time in 2018. One of the joys of what you do in church work, particularly if you watch children and young people come to the church and grow up in the church and serve God in the church, the result and the fruit of the labor is to see what God does in their life. And this is evidence of what God has done in a young man's life who just one Sunday afternoon after a youth camp prayed and says, God, I will give you my life. And God has directed and changed his life and brought him to this place here. And we've watched him grow and develop into the person that God has called him to be. And so it's evident that today as we come and recognise this as a church, uh, that we come today and we say, thank you God for what you've done in this young man's life. And of course Rebecca is part of the journey as well. Because just when young men think they're going off on the sidetrack, God always gives us a woman to bring us back onto the right path. And you always meet the best girls at Bible college, believe me, <laughs> believe me. And so today, as we come to do this, we have a word for both of them. And so Reese has completed his training at Bible College, and he completed what we call a probationary period uh, with the CCI, which is the Assemblies of God movement that we belong to as a church. So it's not just our recognition of him in this church, but it's their recognition of a movement of churches in Ireland that recognise that this young man is suitable for pastoral ministry. And Reese has had it a bit rough, really, because he started his probationary period when we were an independent church, and we moved, we joined CCI in the middle of his probationary period, which, in a sense, he had to start again, unfortunately, but he didn't mind that. Well, if he did mind that, he never told me about it, so... And so we're delighted that we come to mark and celebrate this day today. If I had a phrase um, or a quote for, you know that I love quotes for Reese, it would be this. When God measures a man for ministry, he puts the tape around the heart and not the head. In Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul is on a missionary journey to tell people about Jesus and plant churches. And in the chapter, he shares a bit about what his life has been about, particularly the purpose of his life in verse 24. And the verses are going to come before you. And it says, From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. This is the key verse today. 
However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. There are three short points that I want to make this morning before the elders of the church pray uh, for Reese and Rebecca. And the points really are this, because I want to talk um, about the Apostle Paul uh, as the man, the message, and his mission. Uh, but I want to apply that to the journey that Reese and Rebecca are on as they come uh, to take up what it is that they're going to be doing. The truth of it is they've already been doing it because, as I said, this is a recognition here. The first thing that Paul does as we look at the man is this. He calls himself, uh, he calls attention to himself as an example. He simply says this, how I lived among you. You know, it's easy for pastors and preachers to stand behind this pulpit and simply just tell everybody what to do. You must make sure you do this. But that's not the job of a pastor, not the job of a preacher. It says I have to live by example. And one of the things I noticed, not just in the story that we've read there, that Paul had said to those gathered round him, this is how I lived among you. Is uh, I realise that that's what Reese is, an example. Is an example of, of not how or just to sort of preach or not just how to stand up here and do what you have to do. It's an example of how you live as a Christian, that God has made a difference in his life. That from that point of being in that room there 11 years ago, that God has changed his life. And it says this is a continuation of that. It's evidence of that here that God has been working on him. His example is everything. Reese has an important role here at Living Hope as he pastors the young people and the young adults. An example is everything uh, to everybody, but particularly to that generation who really wants to see a sense of reality with the Christian life. They want to see something that matters. And so they see that example in this young man here. Uh, they see that example as him as a pastor because not only was the Apostle Paul's life an open book, so is his life an open book as well. He says, we're not bringing somebody up here and people say, oh, but I know that Reese does this and Matt doesn't know that Reese does that. And Matt, listen, his life is an open book. He's coming up here as an example and we're bringing him onto the oversight as an elder because he's an example to fellow believers, both young and old. You see, for Paul, it wasn't that he just, what he said when he preached the gospel, it was also the life that he lived that proved the truth of the gospel. Because saying one thing is, is important, but actually to back that saying up is absolutely essential for people to see that in their life because we're fed up of hearing empty words. We're fed up of people making promises they can't keep. Fed up of people just saying sound bites or saying the right thing. It's not just about saying the right thing, it's about living the right way as well. You see, when Paul was with the Ephesian elders here, they didn't see an inconsistency in his message. They compared it to his life and simply says this, he lives what he believes, that's it. He lives what he believes, that really is it. When you think about the Christian life, what he says, he lives what he believes. And I think we could apply that to this young man here uh, and Rebecca as well, that they live what they believe. And that's why we're doing this today. Because uh, it's not only how we preach the gospel, but what we believe matters. But also what we do with what we believe matters. 
Because people are always watching, always example. And as pastors, it says we're always examples to people. Not because we're better, because we're not. And we're not because we're perfect, because as you know, we're not. We're definitely not. Because we are examples. It says what we say is the way that we live. It says I went to visit somebody last week. Um, and I was sharing with them. They can't be here today because they were at work and they were sharing with me a story last year of when the husband was in hospital, very, very seriously ill with COVID, in intensive care. I mean, it really was on a night that it was touch and go for them. And this lady was in tears in hospital, uh, wondering what was going to happen and, 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 and the uncertainty of everything. And she says, at that point, while she was in tears, her phone began to go. And it was Reese just phoning her because she'd heard the husband was in hospital. Just to simply say, how you doing? Says, we're thinking of you, we're praying for you. If there's anything we can do, would you please let us know? And I thought to myself, what a confirmation of today, because that's what a pastor does. I'm only sharing that with you because I was told it. Says he didn't stand up here and say, look at me, look what I did says when there was it, simply a story that a member of the church simply said when I was in need. He says, my phone went in hospital. My husband was in intensive care when the phone went. And it was Reese just phoning, simply say, how are you doing? How can we help? We're praying for you. That's a recognition of what we're doing today. The second thing we look at is this, is we look at the message. And the message is simply this. The message is clear. It simply says the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Simply this, what Paul did was he just simply went around telling people about Jesus because he realised that it was Jesus that had changed his life and he could change the lives of everybody that he came into contact with. And so simply that's all that we do really. He says not only do we say what we believe, but we tell people what we believe as well. And there's room in the world that we live in at the moment to tell people still the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he loved people and he still saves people and so we come to this task today and what is it tell people about Jesus that's the message today there is no other message if I could throw out anything as a big challenge to Reese today because of who he is working with it's this is Reese don't preach a message preach the message and what I mean by that is this, in this world of insta everything, be a lone voice to a generation that doesn't need to hear funny stories, a Bible verse thrown into a TED talk and feeling orientated almost to sort of hear what they want to hear to keep them satisfied in their life. This generation needs to hear the word. It needs to hear the message. And this is a big challenge for Reese today because you're the one that needs to deliver that message because some of us have got too old to do it and the young people don't listen to us anymore. And I don't want to work with the young. I went out Friday night with the young people uh, bowling and oh my goodness me. He says, when I went home, the first thing I did was two paracetamol <laughs> only because I was only allowed to take two paracetamol. <laughs> the noise of the young people and it was the Lord confirming to me stay away from the young people and I said Lord thank you thank you she says why because there was another voice now 
that needs to speak to the young people. There's another voice now that needs to speak to the generation of young adults that we have. And they don't need to hear funny stories. They need to hear what we've said as we work our way through 1 Timothy, which is preach the truth, ground them in the truth, give them the foundation of God's word. Don't just tickle their ears with a funny story for a Bible verse in. says let's ground them in truth and that's a big responsibility. It's a massive responsibility. And we're recognising that today. And we don't leave them alone to do it. Our job is to pray for them. Our job is to say, Lord, thank goodness we don't have to do it. But Lord, we pray for the ones that do have to do it. We pray for the ones that you have called, the ones that you have anointed, the ones that you've set apart, the ones that you've given a function to, a position to, to do that. And that's what we do today. We preach the word. When you feel like it, you still preach the word. When you don't feel like it, you preach the word. When they listen, preach the word. When they don't listen, preach the word. Preach the word. Build disciples by grounding they build, sorry, build disciples by grounding them in the consistent preaching of the truth of God's word. What a challenge. The final thought is the mission that Paul has. He thought himself as a runner. He had a race to finish. And nothing would keep Paul from finishing the race with joy. And Paul speaks of his own race, because each of us have our own race to run. Their race is different from my race, and different from your race, and different from the person sitting next to you. It's different. Our race is different. But God calls us to finish it with joy. Jesus sent Paul out to preach, plant churches, and Paul obeyed with intensity, investing to the point of tears. Paul had a passion about what he believed and wanted to express that passion. If you've ever seen Reese up here when he worships, I'm sure passion is one of the words could be used to describe. And we should not knock that. We should not turn around and say there's no place for that in church. There is a place for that in church. We should be excited about what we believe. We should be excited about what Christ Jesus has done for us. And I apologise if it... Well, I don't really. If it upsets people sometimes that you get excited about what you believe. Come on, church. We should be excited about what we believe. He stirs up a passion in people as he leads people in worship. And you are to continue doing it. Don't let anybody put you off that. Continue to do it. If they criticise you, good. No such thing. If there's a pastor and they don't criticise him, he's not doing his job properly. That's truth. He says, let them criticise you, but you make sure you run your race and you run it with the joy that's before you because the only person you simply have to answer to for your expression of what you believe is him alone. And it says other people may put you off. Other people may tell you we don't need that in church. Uh, do what I do, ignore them. And uh, <laughs> your race indicates this. You understand and have taken possession of a truth that has changed your life. And you have a role and a responsibility to tell people about it. Your calling today is not to be successful. Your calling today is not even to be relevant. Your calling today, and this won't happen because it's, you're a pastor, you're not called to be popular. But you have but one calling, and that is to be faithful. Simply to be faithful. 
So see, in 20 years' time, they stand here and they celebrate the ministry and the work that God has done in your life, not because you've been successful, relevant, or popular, but because you've been faithful to what God has called you to do. You know what to be faithful means? It simply means this. To start your race well, to run your race well, and to finish your race well. And see, Risa Rebecca, there will be days when you are disillusioned by the church, disappointed by the people, or sometimes in disagreement with some people. Finish the race, complete your task. There will be days when you will feel hurt, lost, or overwhelmed. Finish the race, complete your task. There will be days when you're no longer sure of what you believe or why you are doing it. Finish your race, complete your task. There will be days when you recognize and know yourself in a new and deeper way. Finish the race, complete your task. There will be days when everything just fits right and you know beyond a doubt who you are and what you are about. Finish your race and complete your task. There will be days when you touch a heart, see God change a life. You will weep with joy with them and you will live with gratitude. Finish the race and complete the task. That's what it's about. So today, as a church, as we come and pray for the two of these, we recognise the calling. We recognise the function and we recognise the ministry. And the calling and the function and the ministry and recognising those simply just confirms a position that Reese now holds as one of the pastors in this church. But being a pastor in this church also means that we're inviting him on to the oversight uh, with the other four elders, with Jackie, Jackie, Stephen, and me. And we're delighted to do that today. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring Reese and Rebecca out, and we're simply just asking them and the elders if you would come forward. <coughs> come and stand up here on the platform. Look at the pink shirts, eh? <laughs> Real men wear pink. <laughs> And if you disagree, we'll fight you in a car park, all right? <laughs> no, um, we're delighted to be doing this today as we bring Reese and Rebecca out. We're praying for them as a recognition of what God has done. So we taught in 1 Timothy 3 a few weeks ago on eldership, simply who the leaders of the church are. And this is the leaders of the church, except for Rebecca, but hey, these are the leaders of the church. The elders of the church here today. And so we believe that eldership is about not just leading, but serving as well. And so what we're going to do first is we're going to pray two prayers today. I'm going to ask Jackie Roberts to pray the first service here. And he's going to pray for Reese as we ordain him as a pastor, uh, both through the CCI movement and the recognition here of the church. And then the second prayer we're going to pray is our invitation to join the oversight of this church uh, as an elder. So Jackie, could I ask you to pray? Let us pray uh, for Rebecca and for Reese this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this lovely time we have spent here in your house and your among your people. Yes, Lord. We thank you for this lovely wee couple, Lord, you brought together, Lord, and how you're moving in their lives. We thank you for the calling upon their lives. And Lord, we just pray right now that the power 
the anointing of your Holy Spirit yeah. upon both of them, Lord, that, Lord, you would lead them, you would guide them, you would protect them, Lord, you would put your hand upon them. Yes, Lord. The ministry in the church, so that they become the pastor of the church. And we'll pray, O oh God, above all, that your name will be lifted up and glorified through Yes. Bless race and bless your back, O God. Lord, we'll pray, Lord, as they come on board, Lord, as a the leadership of the church, as elder, Lord, you would bless race. We'll pray for wisdom. We'll pray for guidance. We'll pray for direction, O God, as you would lead the church, Lord. We'll pray that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would fill this young man. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. That will flow rivers of living water, O God. We'll pray for the blessed anointing of your Holy Spirit upon this couple. You would lead them. You would guide them. Yes. Yes, Lord. Glorify your name Hallelujah. in their lives, Lord, yes, and Lord. give them much fruit for their labor. May they see many people saved. Yes, May Lord. see many people blessed by their oh, word, O oh God, by their ministries, O oh God. Yes. And Lord, above all, we pray through their ministries that your name will be lifted up and glorified. Yeah. Lord, you receive all the glory yes. of our today. Yeah. And we we'll thank you for raising Rebecca. Yes. Bless the Lord in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. As we come to invite Reese uh, to be an elder on the oversight of this church, you may wonder why I'm holding a towel. It's not because of sweat's beating out of me up here, it's because of this. Since John 13, Jesus arrives in the upper room uh, before he goes to the cross. There was nobody there to wash the disciples' feet. And Jesus takes the example as the greatest leader that ever lived to show us that he's the greatest servant that ever lived as well began to wash the disciples' feet. And so an invitation to the oversight of our church is not to come and lead, though we do lead, but more importantly is to come and serve, to come and serve the people, to love them, to protect them, to guide them, to encourage them, to do all that a shepherd would do. So Reese, we present this towel to you. I need it back because it's Athena's, but we present our... <laughs> We present this town to you just simply to say, would you come and serve with us as an elder on the oversight of this church? Thank you. Says, I'm going to pray for them uh, just as they come, as Reese accepts his wonderful responsibility and privilege uh, today of doing this. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for this young man who walked into the youth of this church those years ago, Father, and realized that his life was so much more about what you could do in it and what you could do with him. And Father, we thank you for that today as we recognize that, not just by him, uh, the, the recognition of being a pastor, but also an invitation to serve on the oversight of this church as an elder, to not just to lead with us, but to serve with us. And Father, we thank you for that today. And Father, may we see our best days ahead in you. May we see many saved, many cared for, many loved, many shepherded. Father, as we come together, Father God, we display this team of, that was four, that now becomes five. And we thank you for that unity that exists upon the eldership of this church that is an example to the rest of the church as to why the rest of the church lives in unity because the leadership lives in unity. And we thank you for that today. We pray your blessing upon him and Rebecca. 
Father, as they continue this journey in you, would you bless them? Would you strengthen them? Would you encourage them? Father God, may we be the ceiling, Father God, that they build upon in this next generation of working with the young people and the young adults. May they see things that we've never seen. And Father, we just simply pray for the outpouring of your spirit into their lives, Father God. And thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Just as we come, we would like to present Reese with some flowers. And I'm sorry, <laughs> turn them over. Thank Bye, you There you go. Thank Just you. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Would you like to say? Reese is going to come and take a moment just to share. Thank you, Reese. This, uh, it feels a lot like a wedding now. I just have to say nice things about people. So, except in the wedding, I had an opportunity to rehearse. So, I got all the tears out there. And so, if I start blubbering, you'll just have to forgive me. And apologies as well that my, my throat is um, a little bit um, groggy today. It's because Leeds scored a late goal yesterday. And we only, listen, we only drew, but we celebrate it like a win these days. So, God's good. Church, um, it is honestly um, overwhelming to have experienced this. Um, there's people that I want to thank specifically, but um, can I just begin by saying thank you to the church. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a pastor. Um, I often say the great thing about living hope is that everybody is for you and nobody's against you. And I honestly mean that, I feel that, and I wanna say thank you as well to the friends and family that are here today. Um, I feel very blessed to be a part of all of this. Of course, I wanna say thank you as well to the oversight of Living Hope, uh, Pastor Matt, Stephen Francie, Jackie Roberts and Jackie McCoubrey, who I'm now I'm going to serve alongside. Thank you for affording me the opportunity um, to do this, to serve on the staff here at Living Hope. And also thank you to their wives as well, Athena, uh, Patricia, Valerie, and Stella. You four couples have been a constant um, source of support, encouragement, and wisdom to Rebecca and I. So we thank God for placing you in our church. I'd also like to say thank you to the staff team as well. I keep looking out to see people, but I don't like, there's just, there's loads of us. I don't know where everybody is, so sorry about that. So if I look at you, you're probably not Paula, but that's all right. So I want to say thank you to the staff as well, to uh, Pastor Matt, to Paula, Rebecca Hughes, and Ben, as well as Valerie and Matthew, who have moved on. Each of you have been a joy to work with, and I'm blessed to have worked alongside such incredible servants to God's kingdom. Thank you for modeling a standard that I am forever trying to reach. Um, we, we have an incredible team here, and I really appreciate being a part of it. Also want to say thank you to my wife, Rebecca. I still love saying that, by the way. My wife, Rebecca, that's unreal. I feel like such a grown-up. This is amazing. <laughs> also, not to be confused with the Rebecca I work with, by the way. They are different people, just people do make that distinction. 
So you never asked to be a pastor's wife, yet somehow you seem to know what you're doing a lot more of the time than I do. Um, thank you for being my number one support for your example in everything that you do. And thank you for loving me as well. Um, I really do appreciate it. Oh, that was close, but then all right there. Although I'm from the area, um, I didn't grow up in this church. Um, I, I actually, um, funny, I, I tell my story a bit differently than how it actually went, but apparently there was a number of years that I grew up in church, but I don't really remember. I don't have any memories of growing up in a church, so I'll not name the church, but it must have just been awful. Like, it must have been a really <laughs> tough time. <laughs> No, I just don't have a lot of long-term memories of church. So um, as far as I know, this is my first and only um, church, really, where, where I grew in faith. I first walked into Living Hope on a Tuesday night in September 2010, um, having been invited by a friend to what was then known as Explosion Youth. And I remember being met at the door by Matthew and Timothy and a few of the other ones and thinking, this is nuts, like who are these people? What is going on? But I kept attending and then I actually remember going home to my mum and saying, I don't know if I'm gonna go back. It's a bit gaudy for me. That was, that was the expression I used. She encouraged me to keep going um, and to go on the weekend in November, see how I got on. So I went on the weekend then. It was on the 14th of November that year, following the youth weekend, that I made the greatest decision that anybody could ever make when I made Jesus the Lord of my life, as Pastor Matt described in that room. So yeah, thank you, Mom, for making me continue to come. And 11 years later, I stand before you as an ordained pastor. I, I really stand before you as a testimony that God truly can and does use anybody. I'm living proof that God can and does use ordinary people for extraordinary purpose in glorifying him. As has already been said so much today, that's what we're here for. Yeah, I'm, I'm celebrating today, but it's a celebration of God's faithfulness in me. And because I serve a faithful God, then I too can be faithful. And given any opportunity, I will always tell people that I was simply somebody invited. I was just invited to church like anybody else. And like with, with this opportunity, I just want to encourage you Invite people, invite people to church, invite people to youth. Thank you for the young people that are here today and actually serving on the worship team as well. Um, they've been a big part of the journey. Funny, most of the young people that are here have probably been here longer than I have, but I so appreciate them being here. Thank you to the young adults as well for allowing me to pastor you because a lot of you have grown up with me and you've seen what Pastor Matt hasn't seen. So I appreciate the fact that you allow me to do this. Church, as I say, today isn't truly about me, but it's about the God that I serve. Um, it's about the God that I love. And today I, I, I picked the songs that we sang, which the worship team did excellently, by the way. It was absolutely fantastic. It felt like a taste of heaven in this room. And some of the lyrics we sing 
You know, I have everything, yet not I, but through Christ in me. And there was another song that says, above and below me, before and behind me, in every eye that sees me, Christ be all around me. Church, I'm only here because I serve an incredible God. But I do, I am so truly thankful for the opportunity that I have. I am eternally grateful, not only to my God, but to the church and everybody that I've mentioned for allowing me to share this platform. We have a sign around the side there that says, it is a privilege to be on this platform. Thank you, God, for choosing me. So I simply just say thank you today. I don't have much more to say than that, but I do deeply appreciate everybody's presence here today and I also just want to finally again say thank you to Pastor Matt and to the leadership of Living Hope um, for all that you've done, all that you do and all that we will continue to do together because church I do believe the best days are yet to come. Come on church. Thank you.